Let us stand firm against any and all arbitrary authority that threatens the personal sovereignty of one or all. That which will not bend must break, and that which can be destroyed by truth should never be spared its demise. It is done. Hail Satan. study hall yeah. i fucking love that intro welcome everybody here we are uh it is the beginning of a two-part series yeah anybody excited yes i'm, I'm thrilled fu- I'm fucking excited this is my waiting f- for this I forever this is excited. my people these are al's peeps yes um we're talking about normie satanists it's it's you know dispelling myths and discussing you know from people's perspectives what it's like to be a you know a normie satanist and um some of the difficulties that may come with that as opposed to being out and being your typical you know nothing wrong with being your typical but wearing dark clothing and having piercings and tattoos and things that would you know distinguish you as a satanist without you having to tell somebody um welcome it's good to be here my name is bill Rohr. I am a member of the Satanic Temple, and today I am joined by... I am Veronica, the Valedictorian, and I am heavily aligned with these seven tenets. I am Father Al, bless you my children, and I am a member of the Satanic Temple. I am Johnny Voorhees, and I am a member of the Satanic Temple as well. Welcome, peeps. It's good to have you in class today, as always. Um, So we're going to talk about Normie Satanism, but before we do that... We are going to talk about um, a couple of other things. We have some business to attend to. Uh, I want to start by right off the bat shouting out Misty's Coventry. Misty's Coventry can be found on social media by just searching their name. That's M-H-I-S-T-Y-S Coven, C-O-V-E-N, Tree, T-R-E-E. I'm in spelling class today, Bill. I know. I just I, I have it fresh on the brain, man. I just gotta I gotta get it out of my head. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Misty's Coventry is fantastic. There's a lot of cool stuff that they're offering for the holiday season. I think Veronica can speak a little bit to that. Oh, they can. I'm getting my two little kitten ornaments. Uh, one with a pentagram, one with an inverted cross. They are adorable. Please check them out and get yourself a couple. Misty's Coventry.com. Awesome. And then we also have our friends over at Dark Art Depository. Yes. Um, Dark Art is continuing to pump out a lot of original kick-ass designs and merchandise and clothing. The new shoes that there's a new shoe line. My friend, if you can get size 16 up in here, <laughs> 15 wide at the best, like just keep an eye out. <laughs> I'd love to buy a pair, but yeah, I'm Mm, fucking deformed i guess <laughs> um yeah our friends over at darkartdepository.com is how you can find them they are doing a lot of cool stuff you know just like any other small business trying to be creative and 
stay afloat in this weird climate that's going on. So definitely please check them out. A lot of great satanic and occult designs in their clothing line, as well as original prints. I know I can speak to the quality and designs of their clothing and because I wear them weekly. (laughs) So as usual, we like to dive in and talk about what Satanic Study Hall is in the beginning before we get too crazy. The Satanic Study Hall is a podcast that explores Satanism from its inception to modern day. We dive into news and entertainment and explore music and movies. Um, Mostly we try to tie it into Satanism, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Um, But either way, you get, you know, cool reviews of cool shit from Satanists. So, um, but either way, uh, that's Satanic Study Hall in a nutshell. We go on tangents. We talk some shit. We try to learn. We try to have fun. And as Johnny always likes to say, and many of our listeners have as well, um, we try to make it feel like you're in the room with us. And we want to thank everybody that's been supporting the podcast so far. Uh, all of our listeners from the beginning, especially our patrons on Patreon. Thank you. And you can find us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash satanic study hall, where we have three different tiers. We'll get into that later. Um, and we'll shout out all of our new friends that have joined us recently. We also encourage, and is that right? Should we use that word, Johnny? Because when I say encourage, we end up getting some fucked up emails. Mm, but that's true. We, we, we suggest, we suggest, we suggest that if you want to reach out um, to us, interact with us in any way, shape, or form, the quickest way to do that is uh, at satanicstudyhall at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, you know, if you've been listening for a while, you know how to find us on social media. And after we take the deep dive into Normie Satanism Part 1, uh, we'll always remind you of how to find us on social media towards the end of our episode. Um, so we're going to do what we always do, because sometimes tradition and routine are all you got. Yeah. Um, so how the Why fuck... Why are you looking at me? How the fuck was your week, Johnny? You ended on our last Patreon special. We had some really fucking intense group therapy. Yeah. We tried... Patreon... There's going to be some good shit on there. Um, some intense stuff. Um, there's always good stuff, though, like piss your pants, laugh, like type stuff. So mm-hmm. give us a shot. Um, 333, it's a gamble. If you think we suck, pull that shit pull back it. and send us an email and be <laughs> like, ha ha. But tell us why. Yeah, tell us why, at least. Tell them it's because of me. <laughs> it's all Johnny wants to hear, just so he can be like, I told you so, Bill. You fuck. <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. Yeah, fuck. That's easy. Now here's my impression of Bill. Welcome to Satanic Study Hall. <laughs> I'm your host, Bill Roar. I brother, can't tell the difference. Brother. <laughs> Say your prayers. Hell, you're Satan, brother. <laughs> what you gonna do when Satan <laughs> comes crashing down on you? Bill's taking it all as a compliment. Well, you know something, Gene. <laughs> brother. You know something, Father Al. I'm the cream of the crop, yeah, dig it. <laughs> Macho man, Randy Savage, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Al, how was your week? I don't know what the fuck that was, but I might edit that one out. I don't know. All right, uh, say it again. That was fun. Satan was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so if somebody started, sure. how was your sure. week? <laughs> I, I guess as you went to me first. Sure, go for it. Oh shit, Belial. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about what I mentioned on Patreon before. Um I religiously hate Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> I hate oh, that yes. motherfucker Eddie Vetter. Yeah, here we go. No, I this is him. deep. This is deep. 
I say fuck Pearl Jam and I mean it. I mean fuck Pearl Jam. But you see, during this week, a song came on the radio. Fucking Dissident by Pearl Jam. And I am so, so, so upset to admit I like that song. For <laughs> sure. Fuck Pearl Jam. But Dissident is okay. <laughs> oh, my face hurts. Um. No, but you know, that just sucks. I'm much you hate a band, but then that one song comes on, and you're like, oh, man. All right, I can just listen to this. It's like meatloaf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, the food? No, not the food. Well, no, the no, I'm kind of hungry, but meatloaf, the fucking musician. Oh, what, that, that I won't do anything for love yeah, song? man, what the fuck? Why is it that? <laughs> I hate to do any other song, Bad Out of Hell, the, the whole, no, I can't, but that song. It's a good song. Like, it's catchy. It's it's theatrical. It's it's mm-hmm. it invokes emotion out of me. Like what it still does. Right. That and there's some fucking weird Patty Smythe song with Don Henley. It's like, um, I don't know, I can't remember the fucking name. What do you want to talk about? I'd I mean, rather listen to that than dissident. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I'd that, rather listen to um what the hell is that called again? Uh, what's that album called? Hippopotamus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, sorry, Ghost Man. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to redeem ourselves. Don't We're forget about life, Coach. Every time you talk shit about ghosts, <laughs> some form of our administration bestows a new segment. That's true. <laughs> you better Johnny Voorhees beheading. <laughs> this will be the Johnny Voorhees podcast before you're done. If you're punished with segments, fuck. <laughs> no, but seriously, fuck this event. Somebody else go. All right, somebody else go. What you got? How's your week go? Uh, it's going good. Uh, good news on the health front. The STD test came back negative. All the ladies down at the uh, the nursing home are breathing a collective sigh of relief. That's high pretty five, much all I got. Five. Oh, Woo! All right. That's pretty much all I got. Pretty uneventful week, but I'm I'm shedding a cheer of joy. So, Veronica the valedictorian, you're up. Oh, I got nothing to match any of that whatsoever. Um, <laughs> what it's, the uh, fuck? <laughs> Go ahead. I am uh, getting two days off this week, which is, you know, that's a that's a good thing. Hell to the air. I'm getting off of work. Oh, my Yay. God. Uh, and I'm not spending Thanksgiving alone. Me that's and my best awesome. friend are having our uh, little Friendsgiving. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. We are going to break tradition and what society expects of us. And we're going to cook the fucking food that we want to cook. It's going nice. to be great. That's what Thanksgiving's all about. Mm-hmm. Burnt pizza it is. Yes. <laughs> Gobblers. <laughs> no. 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 We can't do that again. <laughs> I, the sound effect isn't ready. No, I'm not prepared. <laughs> but is that like a a turkey on top of a, a baphomet right there? Is that uh, what I'm looking at? Baffa turkey? It's a mallard. Uh, it's a mallard. I don't know. I'm li- is it a duck? At Craft Satan on Twitter <laughs> has... Uh, I'm gonna have to click the picture. Uh, so I'm just scrolling on Twitter. Like I, I, I have see been. the nurse run it out is. the. Uh, that is fucking fantastic. Is that what I'm thinking? It's supposed to be a turkey. I think yes, it is a turkey. Is it's a, a turkey. turkey. It's a baffa turkey. Yo, that's a good idea. Fan, that's a beautiful. Um, so yeah, at Craft Satan, if you want to check it out, it's gorgeous. Um, holy shit. Make me one. <laughs> I'll put that. That'll be my centerpiece. There you go. No fucking centerpiece. Yeah, fuck yeah. That is beautiful. Um, so I guess it's on me. How's my week been? Um, Hopefully you didn't listen to Dissident. I didn't listen to Dissident. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> I did hear Jeremy on the radio. No, to be honest with you, I do have a Pearl Jam story, and oh I'll to keep doing it. It's real quick, but it's I was listening to the radio the other day, and <laughs> Jeremy came on. That's you know, shout out to Dennis. <laughs> fuck me slow to Jeremy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, that kills me every time I say that out loud. I turned the station and actually listened to sports radio willingly just wow. so i didn't have to i wish i had your willpower listen to jeremy yeah and that's but that's not what my week was uh um without getting too emotional uh and i'll just kind of be vague and generic but at this point just getting to the holidays these are the last thanksgiving and holiday season that i'll have with my dad so just pushing through that and staying distracted with all of this as well as offering the necessary amount of support at least i think so but um i'm gonna take this opportunity too I thank everybody that's sitting at this table in the study hall today. Uh, Principal Pan, if, you, if you've been listening and our patrons are familiar, we have um, what was what's uh, the Rev Reverend Reefer. Reverend Reefer. Uh, yeah. We have Reverend Reefer. From the Sativa Temple. Yes, from the Sativa Temple. <laughs> He's a member of the Sativa Temple. Um, he joined us on a couple of episodes as well. But uh, I'm just thankful for everybody involved. Richie, Richie. Yeah, yeah, Richie. Richie was on like, an episode. Richie was on an episode. Charmaine, Allie, anybody who's touched this podcast. Uh, and thank you for being awesome because this has helped get me through a lot in the last, you know, couple of months and continues to do so. So um, there may, there might be a point where there'll be a social media post that says we'll be a little late to class this yeah. week. But yeah. we'll get, you know, we'll go down that road when we when we get there. But thank you. Hail Satan to everybody at this table and to all the ears that are listening. Nothing but good shit ahead. That's what's going on with Hail me. Satan to you too, Bill. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so where do we go from here? Um, at this point, I think it might be perfect time to talk about our first kind of back and forth with a normie Satanist before we get to our special guest. And I might as well say it now. We're 18 minutes into the episode and I haven't said his name. Um, we are being joined by Mason Hargett from the award-winning documentary Hail Satan. I am so excited to talk to Mason. This is going to be super. I'm actually kind of nervous. We got some questions written down and, uh, you know, we tried to be prepared and <laughs> structured, but we'll see how it goes. It is satanic study hall after all. But um, before we get to that, you know, quick plug to our goat farm. So if you want to interact with us in a pretty cool community, uh, not just us, but, you know, at this point, almost a couple hundred listeners and supporters of the podcast and just Satanists in general, look us up. Satanic study hall presents the goat farm. Uh, I don't think you'll regret it, to be quite honest with you. And, and this is a fantastic community. We like to really get people's stories and people's perspectives, especially when it's relative to the topics we want to cover. So I'm going to kind of let Al introduce this because we actually have a, a little bit of a back and forth with one of our goaties, as we like to call them. All right. So we have got an amazing guest lined up tonight, Mason Hargett. But before we get to Mason... I was thrilled to recently have a chance to have a little Zoom conversation on the topic of normie Satanism with one of our members of the Go Farm. Uh, so I am excited to share my conversation with Walter uh, from the Great White North of Canada. Nice. So, yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, check in with Walter and, and get a, a normie Satanist thought on normie Satanism. Hail Satan! Hi, everyone. This is Father Al from the Satanic Study Hall podcast. Today, we're joined by Walter Runnerham from the Goat Farm, Satanic Study Hall's official Facebook group. Walter, like myself, identifies as a normie Satanist, 
which is basically someone who doesn't present the outward appearance of your stereotypical Satanist, such as satanic attire, tattoos, and leaning towards more hard rock and heavy metal music. Walter, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be with you guys. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your path to Satanism. So I uh, kind of just grew up in a, a typical uh, East Coast Canadian household, and uh, it was one of those things that, you know, I was always kind of a little bit on the fringes of my family. My grandmother was deeply religious Pentecostal, um, so it was one of those things that everything I did was kind of the, you're going to hell. So I always kind of prodded at that kind of thing, but, you know, I always dressed kind of, you know, a little preppy and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I uh, kind of played with that. I never really listened to a whole lot of hard rock or, or uh, metal. I, you know, I dabbled in it as a kid. I listened to more rap than anything, that kind of stuff. And I kind of always was that little outside in the family, you know, I, the outside of my friends when Marilyn Manson first came out, I listened to that and they were like, oh, that stuff, that's terrible. And then, you know, it just kind of went on with uh, normal life. Um, as uh, time went on, it was kind of one of those things that uh, just, you know, I went to university like everyone that I knew and, uh, you know, just kind of had normal everyday office job type things. And so anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So then we go into uh, to a little bit later. I started getting involved with the church, but that uh, does not work out well when you don't really share their values of rituals or praying or any of that kind of stuff. That just doesn't work for me. So, uh, you know, kept on being kind of a little bit slightly on the outcast of those guys. And, you know, this, that kind of came to an end and we just kind of sat around. And one day my wife and I saw Hail Satan. So we think we're going to watch it and kind of be like, oh, yeah, these guys are crazy. But, you know, a couple minutes in, we're like, oh, these guys got a point. Well, I kind of like that. I really like that. Oh, that's awesome. I really <laughs> and then, you know, more and more, we just look over like, I think I'm a Satanist. So uh, anyway, uh, time went on and we kind of just you know, moved on with our lives and continued on with, uh, you know, taking care of the family and all that stuff. And uh, my aunt, who's 68 years old, said, hey, did you see that Hail Satan documentary? And uh, it got me thinking about it more and more. Then I found you guys. I find, you know, my, at the time, was uh, the uh, Friends of uh, the Atlantic uh, uh, area. And uh, anyway, I just started kind of getting a little bit more and more deeper into it and, uh, you know, just kind of, following the path and here i am you know now i i would say a devout satanist <laughs> and uh you know interact with uh the farm as much as i can well that's great we love having you in the farm so you identify as a as a normie satanist as you said uh tell us a little bit about how you you feel to the or how you relate to the normie satanist title i kind of i kind of like to do it as like uh what how did i describe it uh, to someone it's like uh, when you're watching fight club where you're uh you know you see the guys they all know who each other are and they give little nods as they walk through the different places they're at so you know if you see the little uh cues or something like that or i can have that little you know a little bit of darkness inside and uh you know i'm just like oh if you only knew what i think <laughs> or if you only knew you know and it's one of those things that I kind of just, uh, yeah, I just kind of think it's just kind of fun more to be the, you know, instead of wearing all black and all that kind of thing, just to, you know, bright colors and, and, you know, be my regular goofy self, right? There you go. Yeah, I know for my first uh, satanic event local, I had worn, I think it was pretty much this like, this uh, like maroon crimson colored, you know, polo shirt and some khaki shorts and sneakers. 
Yeah, I figured, you know, I, I saw Hail Satan was my introduction, as sure as it was with uh, many people, not only to Satanism, but to the Satanic Temple. And I figured if, if this group doesn't accept me for the way I dress just casually, then I don't want to be a part of it. And they were very accepting. And I've you know, yeah. met a lot of people who just dress and, you know, act and, and are themselves, which is great. Uh, so are you currently out to your friends and family as a Satanist? I know you kind of uh, alluded to it a little bit, but I'm not sure, you know, how very open you are to the people that are close to you. Yeah, like my mom and dad, they all know, you know, anyone that I really talk to pretty well knows what I'm up to and, you know, the things that uh, that I kind of believe in. I definitely don't hide it too much on my Facebook. I like to post the... Uh, the uh, daily baffamations from Satanic Bay Area. And, you know, I think it's one of those things. I oftentimes uh, will get a little bit of pushback. I have an aunt in uh, back home where I grew up. She's a devout Christian, likes to tell me that it's just the uh, enemy is trying to to convert me. <laughs> like, it's a little late now, don't you think? <laughs> So, yeah, I, I typically like it, you know, if it ever comes up at work, I'd be like, actually, I'm a Satanist or something like that. You know, it's one of those things that I just kind of, yeah, I don't really hide much of anything ever in life. So how do people generally react when you tell them that you're a Satanist? <laughs> That's funny because they look at me, they're like, you're a Satanist? <laughs> or I'll get the, oh, my, you know, what what do that? You mean you worship the devil? I'm like, actually, no, I don't worship anything. I, you know, worship myself more than anything is really when it comes down to it. But, you know, then you have to explain the whole TST thing to them and make sure that they understand that you're not some, you know, crazy person, you know, in your grad, you know, looking to sacrifice children, <laughs> you know, the, the old uh, stereotypes. And, you know, a lot of the time it's funny. I always get the you're or do you listen to metal? Uh, no, not normally. You know, actually, I'm more likely to be listening to uh, Christian contemporary or country, than, which is kind of weird for a Satanist, but I don't know. I like it. It's calming. So do you think that dressing and acting like this stereotypical Satanist is important to the overall Satanic movement? No, I think the opposite, to be honest with you. I think it's better to have more types of people uh, you know, different walks of life involved so that people can see that we're just like them and we have the same beliefs just when the, uh, you know, the ultimate, uh, I guess, deity, I guess you could say, is slightly different. The, you know, the opposition uh, more than just, uh, just um, what am I trying to say? Yeah, you know, that that's really, I guess, it, right? Like, it's, the more people, the better, the more normies, the better. You know, when it comes down to it, you know, we want to be inclusive. We don't want people stereotyping us as we wouldn't want to stereotype others, right? And final question for you. What advice do you have for anyone who's hesitant to dive into Satanism because they won't feel like they're going to fit in? I think that's probably the uh, thing that a lot of people would worry about. You know, they might not want to go to their local chapter. They might not want to uh, meet groups. Um, but, you know, so far in my experience, the TST group has been the most open and welcoming groups ever that I've ever come across. You know, there's no judging you for being, you know, a little bit too dark. There's no judging you for, you know, not dressing right and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's more um, welcoming. And, it's, and when it comes to uh, meeting people, they always give you a fair chance. You know, it's, it's up to you to show that you are not. Uh, part of the community, not necessarily, you know, just looking at you, you know, there's not going to be any snickering or any of that kind of stuff. They're going to take your norminess with, uh, you know, 
uh, tongue in cheek and they're just going to let you prove yourself. And, you know, what do they say? Uh, uh, show respect and get respect, right? I hear you on that. Well, Walter, thank you so much for your time. Just to close things up, uh, wrap things up, I should say. Do you have any other uh, comments, thoughts, ideas you'd like to share with uh, not only your fellow normie Satanists, but uh, the Satanic community who's listening in today? Yeah, you know, my biggest thing I can tell anybody is don't be afraid to get involved. Don't be afraid to, uh, you know, let your freak flag fly. (laughs) You know, go out there and do it. Just what do you got to lose? If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, you don't have to be whatever to to have the beliefs and to uh, hold strong to the tenants, right? Just get out there and do it. What do you got to be afraid of? You know, go out there, rock your, you know, T-shirt, your cargo shorts, your sneakers, you know, your ball cap, whatever. Just do it. What Seriously, what do we have to lose? All right, Walter. Again, thank you so much for your time. And hail Satan. Hail Satan. Well, thank you, Al. That was awesome. It was, <laughs> it was great having Walter with us. Yeah, Walter's thank the you, man. Walter. Yes, yes, thank Walter. you, Walter. Thank you very much. Uh, hail Walter. That was yeah. fucking cool. If anybody else is interested in joining us, uh, and whether it's topical or non-topical or has anything that they uh, want to put out there and you know use the platform, by all means, please reach out. Um, we are always open to ideas and suggestions and, you know, this has always been a community effort and will continue to be satanic study hall at gmail.com. All right. So, (laughs) um, anyway, so next on the list, we have a little bit of something special planned. We are featuring our second book review and discussion, um, from our valedictorian Veronica over here. So here we go. everybody what can i say i sure am glad you came my way let me take a minute or two and i'll introduce a book to you let's go <laughs> let's go reading is fun for everyone hail satan hail satan indeed we are doing the horror at red hook by hp lovecraft yes we're doing lovecraft get ready indeed <laughs> Beautiful. Fits the tone. (laughs) All right. When New York Detective Malone displays a hysterical episode triggered by the collapse of large city buildings, we are returned to the source of his trauma. A series of distinctly urban satanic horrors that lead up to, or shall we say down to, the basement of elderly New York Dutch aristocrat Robert Seidem. Smothering the decaying streets of New York City Harbor neighborhood Red Hook are crime-riddled tenements, stores of inexplicably missing children and very strange gatherings that happen in the depths of night. In Red Hook, we follow Detective Malone through his investigation of the odd and terrifying Sidem, only to be dragged shivering into a realm where hell and all its servants destroy the limits of the imagination. This book sounds fucking awesome already. Uh, just for anybody that doesn't know, isn't into literature, Lovecraft was an overtly bigoted individual. Italians, Arabs, African-Americans, Slavs, and many other et- ethnic groups are objects of intense insult in this particular story, most Lovecraftian literature you pick up will be sprinkled, if not inundated, with his staunch hatred for humanity. If you can't get past that, don't read it. Other than that, no. it is pretty amazing. <laughs> so, so that's wonderful. <laughs> the kids will love it. Oh, Lyle, don't say that. Rip that, that out now. 
All right. So Red Hook was written in 1925 during his time living in New York City. And his time living in New York City, he moved there, I believe, to marry his wife. Uh, he was a very reclusive and very private individual. In my opinion, he had some very extreme sensory problems. So New York's claustrophobic and growingly diverse uh, atmosphere really, really bothered him. Uh, with the story, he hoped to launch his work into the growing genre of detective pulp. When he failed to do so, The Horror at Red Hook was published in 1927 uh, in an issue of Weird Tales, which was then the bread and butter of his writing career. He went on to say that he didn't like the final outcome of the story, emphasizing its rambling nature, which is absolutely hilarious because all Lovecraft did was use big words and ramble. And this was not my introduction. Well, I'm not a Lovecraft fan. I'll just get that out of the way. I started with Dunwich. Oh, you're not? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell. Uh, not at all. <laughs> uh, I will get into the reasons why we're reviewing this, but it's. Uh, I, I started with the Dunwich Horror, which was good. I can maybe do that down the line, too. That was more of a mix of um, satanic, demonic horror. and then yeah, I've the, heard of that. Yeah, the cosmic mythos he, he sometimes gets into. Um, that, that was more of a mix. But I started with Dunwich, and then I heard this one was shorter i don't exactly know why i chose this one next but i knew it was shorter shorter i knew it was more devil oriented I, I i'm not really into space stuff i know people are i know i'm gonna get flack for saying that but the satanic symbolism and in imagery interests me a lot more like that kind of horror interests me a lot more than anything that has to do with space not that his cosmic stories aren't good a lot of them are it's not always my thing i have to be in the mood for lovecraft uh, but this was the second Lovecraft story I had the uh, pleasure of reading. So let's get into oh, at least, what... At least she said pleasure. So. <laughs> Very pleasurable. <laughs> uh, what stands out? Uh, shadow horror, which I, I don't really coin that. It's just something I'm using to kind of describe the uh, the types of horror that go on out of the bounds of the narration and of the protagonist, if you can call it a protagonist while reading Lovecraft. It's more of like a vessel that he assigns you, like a museum tour guide to take you through the really fucked up uh, Lovecraft museum when you're reading one of his stories. No, I like the way you put that. Okay. Um, so this has a lot of shadow, uh, shadow horror in it, which I'm going to just as an example you're given uh, external sensory things like if there's an abandoned really run down church on the edge of the neighborhood, which there is, you're kind of given the sounds of the dancing and the drumming and the really mysterious organ that, you know, people are estimating or people think uh, are really far underground just by the way it sounds in itself. But you're not being told what actually goes on inside the church. You can kind of allude or like you're, it's being alluded to something is being summoned. Uh, as the reader, you're not let in on this process. You're completely shut out and just fed the horror of the environment. And I pulled this quote. Uh, These creatures attended a tumble-down stone church used Wednesdays as a dance hall, which reared its gothic buttresses near the vilest part of the waterfront. It was nominally Catholic, but priests throughout Brooklyn denied the place all standing and authenticity. And policemen agreed with them when they listened to the noises it emanated at night. Malone used to fancy he heard terrible, cracked bass notes from the hidden organ far underground when the church stood empty and unlighted whilst all observers dreaded the shrieking and drumming which accompanied the visible services. Uh, so that is like a little bit of the language he uses, but again, all of the 
demonic and satanic happenings at first, uh, you're not let in on. And it kind of just it, it gives you a little bit of a cliffhanger within the story, definitely piques your curiosity and makes you want to read more. Just another example, there's kind of a wedding that happens out of nowhere. It's spooky because you're already. <laughs> Those are the best kind of weddings, though. <laughs> the spooky ones? The Definitely. spooky shotgun quick weddings. The Vegas weddings. Yeah. Spooky. Uh, well, before the wedding, you're introduced to this character who I think is actually more of a character than the detective uh, museum tour you're given at the beginning. And his name is Robert Seidem. And he's this Dutch New York old money aristocrat who uh, spends his time with really shady characters it's described and they get more into that and he's always having people come in and out of his house weird things are happening on his property and uh then all of a sudden he kind of distributes these qualities he's an older guy and then he somehow gets younger and you know more energetic uh and then this wedding happens but you're not and and all you're kind of left with at this wedding is that Something happens. You're left with the sounds of screams, a body drained of blood, and, you know, things written all over the ship walls because they leave on a ship. But that's just, you know, one of the biggest examples I can give you of this kind of shadow horror. You're told what's going on, but you're not being fed anything as to why or what its purpose is. So this book is basically a Quentin Tarantino movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit. (laughs) Moving on, uh, less important is just the short story structure. I don't have to spend too much time on this, but I am really impressed when a short story manages to do this. There is kind of a uh, – it's short. Nothing Lovecraft feels short, but there is a very big part of the beginning that's spent on the environment and the environment description. And then if he's not considered the main villain of this, which I guess he is, he's introduced and – his whole really terrifying thing is introduced. I'm talking about Robert Sidem again, uh, the little, you know, the New York old money millionaire who's, you get the impression he's at the root of all of these really weird things going on around Red Hook. And then uh, the wedding and then the ending, which we're going to get to momentarily. But I, it, it's hard to do with short story. It does feel like a completed story. And it's... I think this worked a little bit better in Lovecraft's favor than some of his other um, short works, so I applaud him on that. Um, it definitely has some fuck New York City sentiment, which <laughs> nice. I agree with. <laughs> Not for the same reasons as Lovecraft. He hated New York for entirely different reasons, most of which were very bigoted. But uh, you definitely get a sense of uh, urban horror in this story as opposed to some of the more rural setting horror that he's written in the past done which is a good example of the of the rural horror but this one is definitely a claustrophobic uh disgusting crime riddled environment where uh bad things happen so to speak <laughs> it's not philadelphia <laughs> but bad things bad things happen in red hook nice um nice tie-in and then the uh probably most important part of this uh why i chose to review it is just the satanic imagery uh this is definitely where it shines and where a majority of the horror comes from and uh if you know you're that into it it'll probably burn itself into the minds of readers like it did mine uh i've never read anything quite like the ending of this story it's something to to experience uh, like I was talking about earlier, you get some of the earlier external descriptions of sitems, rituals, and things that are going on around this neighborhood, but the ending really shows you the outcome of 
the uh, devil collusion that was going on the entire time. Uh, I did pull this quote, circles and pentagrams loomed on every hand and told indubitably of the strange beliefs and aspirations of those who dwelt so squalidly here. In the cellar, however, the strangest things w- the strangest thing was found, a pile of genuine gold ingots covered carelessly with a piece of burlap and bearing upon their shining surfaces the same weird hieroglyphics which also adorned the walls. And this was said of a police raid um, on one of this uh, on one of Sidem's properties that the police went into. This is kind of the introduction into the satanic imagery porn you're going to get later, oh, <laughs> very shit. very I, soon afterwards. Porn. Um, <laughs> yes. And don't mean to spoil it, but I do want to give you a taste. So this police detective after this raid is uh, on one of Sidem's properties. He's sucked down into this door Uh, by a chilling wind and um, down there he witnesses all kinds of things among them man uh, among them are mangled demonic creatures cannibalizing each other (laughs) he's into that isn't he (laughs) Uh, mangled demonic creatures cannibalizing each other well they're cannibalizing each other and they're kind of like they're cannibalizing things that are still alive and, and begging for mercy or laughing madly he sees uh lilith bathing in the blood of virgins and children and uh, he sees also, and, you know, our goat's going to have something to say about this, but all kinds of horrible goat hybrid creatures of mythology <laughs> running around chasing each other, doing horrible, horrible things. Yes, Belial <laughs> has a part in this you story. Lying. He's, he's fucking riled up. He could star in the live action, most definitely. Uh, and what is said, goats leaped to the sound of thin, accursed flutes and uh, Egypins, which is a, um, a Greek goat kind of creature that's a goat from i believe the waist up and a mermaid or fish from the waist down oh shit uh these egyptians uh chased endlessly after misshapen fawns over rocks twisted like swollen toads in this little hell realm that exists under uh the floors of Sidem's property uh, and then to top it off there is even an animated corpse that comes to life at all the end of it but you really kind of need to read the story to get the full extent of everything that goes on down here it i mean it's it's good horror um this is definitely the ending it, you know it it shines um there's tunnels and chambers but no chuck norris right no no not at all okay. it does remind you a little bit of the mcmartin case <laughs> <laughs> hashtag um, prosecute chuck norris uh the unintended point so i the and it's not like annoying because I definitely get where people are coming from. It's why I didn't want to spend too much time on it. This is overtly uh, bigoted. He goes after every single type of immigrant who's inhabiting New York at this time. But what I think Lovecraft didn't mean to do intentionally was put in a uh, you know an elitist, old blood, old money New York madman literally on the pedestal of evil in this story, and he has sway. Over uh, all of the immigrant, I forgot to mention, he's kind of like a, he's an immigrant smuggler. He's a, he's a people smuggler. That's, you know, what he's doing. And he's using them for uh, these various satanic rituals and summonings and just general and child kidnappings. There's a lot of uh, unexplained child kidnapping that goes on that the detectives have to investigate. Um, But this 
old money man is at the center of it and he has total sway over anybody vulnerable that that comes in and i don't think lovecraft thought of it that way and when did he write this book uh he wrote it in 1925 i know shit yeah and uh, what i think is um it's more so just for me but i think is cool that it is reflective um of the way immigrants were historically used through the 1800s into the early 1900s coming in through Ellis Island. There were a bunch of old money politicians. Boss Tweed was a great example, Mm -hmm. Um, but they would give them passage food. They would give like a 10, 10 person family, a really uh, kind of just a one room filthy tenement with no running water, no electricity in exchange for a vote. And if you didn't pay up on that vote, if you were an immigrant, if you didn't follow through on the favors that, you owed these, uh, you know, New York City elites and politicians. You could be harmed, deported, or or even found dead somewhere uh, in the city. So, without meaning to, I mean, uh, Lovecraft did kind of paint a more scary, horrific, occult uh, picture that reflected that, in my opinion. So, <laughs> he's dead. He can't hear me say that. <laughs> He'd probably be very upset, but I thought it was, uh, I got that out of the story, too. This uh, sort of before the relevance, which I'll I'll make a definite, uh, a solid part of these reviews going forward. I'll I'll try to end with the relevance to Satanism. But before that, uh, Lovecraft kind of he proposes this idea that hell and satanic lore are more attached to secularism. And what I mean by that is that there's a few quotes in this story that imply that his kind of satanic lore uh, predates humans. Um, uh, Rather than having an attachment to older creationist Christian lore, uh, and I'm going to read you a quote, kind of explain more, see what you think, but uh, he says, age-old horror is a hydra with a thousand heads, and the cults of darkness are rooted in blasphemies deeper than the well of uh, Democritus. Apes danced in Asia to those horrors, and the cancer lurks secure and spreading where furtiveness hides in rows of decaying brick. Uh, Just that line, apes danced in Asia to those horrors, what he means is that all of these horrific things that take place in this basement that this detective witnesses, they predate man. And chronologically, that would predate uh, the creationist story when you know God created man, but he's saying yeah, I guess you're right. this is back when humans were essentially animals and they were still worshiping this kind of you know they were still partaking in these demonic rituals and still worshiping them. So it kind of like stretched the bounds of my imagination to think of at least this kind of horror-based satanic lore as predating Christianity and existing without Christianity. I think that's a really original and scary idea, actually. It is. And not to get up too off topic, too, but um, I don't know too much about Lovecraft. But does this book or this is it, is it does he have like a universe, like some kind of commonality or theme amongst his different yeah, books and stuff? Yeah, he does. This one definitely strays from the at least it's my understanding because I haven't read everything by any any means. But um, this strays from the cosmos mythos, which is more like space oriented. These monsters are not based out of space, but they can be summoned from anywhere in the universe. Uh, They're tied into Cthulhu a little bit. This one is strictly... Is a standalone? Yeah, demonic and satanic. I think it is 
in a way, in terms of summoning these ancient monsters and the fact that he does bring up the point or uh, that this kind of worship of at least these monsters that this detective gets to witness in the basement, you know, predates humanity. That is sort of tied into the mythos, but again, it, it's more standalone satanic, I would say, this story is. Okay. Yeah. And I will end on <laughs> relevance. Uh, this story is satanic gives very accurate descriptions of what we satanists do on abandoned properties in the middle of the night <laughs> uh dig up, digging up old texts um and languages securing the blood of children and don't other tell horrors. our secrets please i have to do it okay uh, you know using all these different horrors to summon our evil gods uh no that was a joke obviously <laughs> uh but the story really does hold an engaging amount of satanic imagery mystery and symbolism um which a lot of us satanists are kind of obsessively into uh and it's really really good horror at the end of the day i think the story is solid again if you can get past the bigotry awesome if you can't i completely get it um but stripped down of that i i still think it is a really good horror short story. Um, and if you can make it through some of the really annoying parts of the beginning, his rambling nature, his wordiness, oh, this sounds a little bit like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll get met with the uh, hellscape Lovecraft conjures deep under New York City, and it's bound to horrify you, inspire you, or at the very least uh, take you on a really fun ride if you get enjoyment out of stuff like that. Uh, you can read this for free at hplovecraft.com. And if you like it, and I did find out about this through uh, through the research I did for this story, but there also exists a novella called The Ballad of Black Tom, and it's a 2016 fantasy horror by Victor LaVale, and it is a retelling of the horror at Red Hook from the perspective of, uh, I believe it's one of these uh, kind of impoverished New York immigrants in the service of Robert Sidham. And that's it. Hail reading. Thank you so much. Um, is there any teases about what might be coming down the road on uh, our next little deep dive in a book review? Uh, there is a little bit of a tease. I don't know how to do it cleverly, but there may be a very recent and popular movie adaption on Netflix right now, if that helps okay. you, helps yeah. you out. Oh, stay right. tuned for my book review, too. <laughs> What's yours on Johnny? One fish, two fish, red fish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, hail books. Hail Veronica the Valedictorian. And Veronica. Hail and reading. Hail knowledge. You got it. Hail Satan. Hail, hail Satan. Satan. Indeed. Sabe Satanish, you fuck. Today's word is numinous. Definition of numinous. Supernatural or mysterious. Filled with a sense of the presence of divinity. Holy. Appealing to the higher emotions or to the aesthetic sense. Spiritual. Numinous used in a sentence. While staring at the sunset, I enjoyed its numinous power and beauty. The term numinous is often said to have been coined by the German Lutheran scholar Rudolf. My dad put the wrong brownies in my school lunchbox last year, and you could say that I had quite the numinous experience. That's all for this edition of the Devil's Dictionary. 
I'm happy to report that I am now being paid, so I no longer need to hold this segment hostage. Happy holidays, you evens. Off of St. Thomas. Awesome book review as always, and uh, Devil's Dictionary always seems to pop in right where we need it. So, uh, mm-hmm. yes, hope you enjoyed the word of the week. Um, so, it is time to dive in to the, as I like to say, meat and potatoes of our episode, main topic time, um, Normie Satanist Part One. Sup, degenerates? I am Father Al. Bless you, my children. And to lead off our two-part series, we are honored and thrilled to have a very special guest tonight. You will know him from the Hail Satan documentary by Magnolia Pictures, which was released back in 2019. A big Hail Satan to Mason Hargett. Mason, welcome. Hail Satan, everyone. Thank you guys so much for having me. Hail Satan, indeed. You got my last (laughs) name right, too. No one ever gets my last name right. Thank you. What other kind of variations have you heard in the past? I'm just curious. Haggard, Haggard, all the time. Haggard. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> dyslexic. Haggard, Haggard. Mm. We, we won't, uh, we'll just refer to you as Mason so we don't risk, um, you know, fucking it up after we did such a good job on the on the first go around here. So uh, so thank you again for joining us. Uh, we've got a whole list of questions for you tonight. Uh, some that I, I know a lot of our listeners will enjoy hearing about and learning about you, your journey through Satanism and, uh, and the topic of the evening about Normie Satanism. So... Starting us off this evening, uh, why don't we uh, hand the microphone over to Bill? Um, but anyways, Mason, welcome. Glad you're here. This is this is awesome. Uh, we're so glad to have you in study hall and in class with us today. Um, so I'm going to keep the first question kind of vague and generic and uh, fill in the blank on your end, just as far as you um, tell us about you. Um, any general background stuff that you're comfortable sharing, primarily kind of before you found Satanism and whatnot, but um, just kind of who you are and how you came up and what you're up to. Absolutely. Um, I am here in Little Rock, Arkansas. I've uh, lived here my whole life. I've lived in a few spots around the state, but I've, I've been in Arkansas my entire life, never lived anywhere else. I currently reside here in Little Rock, I love telling people I sell wine and spirits for a living. I work for a small distributorship. And so Ooh, I sell fancy. niche wine and like high-end bourbons and things like that to uh, liquor stores, bars, and restaurants. Okay. So you heard that right, kids. You can make a living selling booze. <laughs> <laughs> I was making um, a living selling booze. I actually did uh, in-store tastings. I own a little promo agency on the side. And uh, I feel you on uh, on how rough it is out there for the alcoholic beverage industry right now. So it's it's... It's a, we're in a weird world right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, people are thirsty, though, so that's good. <laughs> Arguably um, more thirsty than before. <laughs> Stress will do that more. to you. You should have seen the line I was in at the <laughs> at the wine store right before lockdowns happened in March. Um, let's see. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that now currently. Um, growing up, I grew up in a, your classic Southern religious household. We were Church of Christ, whole family Church of Christ, very church going. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. We can, I guess we'll get to that later. I, I had a small bubble, as I always call it, growing up. I, I, the outside world was pretty foreign to me. I was your, your classic sort of simple-minded country kid. I currently uh, live here with my wife. Uh, we've got two dogs. We um, we love long walks on the beach and seafood, you know, all that kind of stuff, too. Um, we're pretty normal. We live... Um, 
We live in a double bubble, I call it. We live in Little Rock, which is a wonderful little blue dot in a very red state. And then we live in a small little ultra blue neighborhood with a lot of great neighbors. So people always ask me, how do you live in a place like Arkansas? I'm like, well, you live like this. You you find a little blue hole and you mm-hmm. and you stay in it for sanity purposes. Our neighbors are all pretty cool. They always ask about the TST flag I have out there on the on the flagpole. You know, most folks have the American flag or the, you know, live, laugh, love shit around here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I keep a TST flag out mostly, which um it's it's good, uh, you know, it's a good conversation starter. It looks so nice out there in the little yellow house with the white shutters and everything. Oh, I'm sure so. it sticks out perfectly. You have a little yellow house too? Ooh. Yes, a little yellow <laughs> matchbook house. Um Yeah, we're the we're the little uh little family with a devil inside. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well put. Um, well, thank you. Um, so how did you first become aware of Satanism and or the Satanic Temple? How did that journey go for you? I feel so honored because my who else could say that, you know, I, my journey to Satanism is now in a full length feature film that's been <laughs> shown at Sundance, you know, good grief. Um, I, I thought they did a, a good job telling it, too. I was completely ignorant of TST until I, I went to that American Atheist National Convention in Memphis. I believe it was 2015. Um, Arkansas, it was quite serendipitous. They had just passed the the Ten Commandments bill. Um, I mean, I think the ink was still wet on the bill. And that weekend, I went over to Memphis with a couple of, um, there's a local atheist group here in Little Rock. And so the organizers of that and I went to the conference for the weekend and Lucian was one of the speakers. And you can imagine, you know, if you've never heard anything about this and, and you know, all of a sudden I've been listening to, you know, scientists and, and other free thought speakers all day. Well, this dude gets up there with like, you know, the black leather jacket, black leather pants. And Lucian gives the, you know, the classic, the classic presentation of all the, the campaigns and things they were doing right now and things like that. And right. I'm sitting down there and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, like almost goosebumps, you know, right? Oh, unbelievably goosebumps. Yes. I'm like, you would talk about like speaking to you. I'm like, dude, this is me. Like, you know, cause I, I was, I was, when you, when you grow up so religious and you realize you've been hoodwinked, you know, it, it, it evokes a, a reaction. And mm-hmm. I was very much the whole zesty, you know, I was in a very zesty mood at that time. I was having a reaction. I was like, you know, I've been hoodwinked here and, mm-hmm. and, the local atheist groups here, you know, they're great, but they're all like, you know, it's a bunch of 65 year old hippies that, that want to sit around and, and drink IPAs, you know, and, and bash on church. <laughs> it just was it wasn't my group. It just, it wasn't working for me. And so after hearing him talk, I, um, I was like, I got to find this guy. And so luckily there he was, uh, he and Malcolm were in the, the hotel bar afterwards. And so I went and approached him, you know, introduced myself, um, told him where I was from, what was going on. We, ended up having drinks talking for an hour or so and kind of sort of laid the groundwork of, you know, it's like you're needed here in, in, in Little Rock now, especially with Oklahoma. And so oh, absolutely. We, um, we exchanged, uh, you know, contact and all that kind of stuff. And, um, it, we, we got after it and started getting going. Wow. <laughs> it, it couldn't have happened. I don't know. Uh, any, any more perfect than that. I mean, uh, so I, I gotta ask, this is just, what was Lucian drinking? Oh my gosh. I'm ready for this. Yes. I I can tell you because I still remember it. Um, (laughs) Tequila neat with a side of orange juice. 
I've drank with him a couple times after that. And we've, we've had scotch every time, uh, scotch neat, um, which of course, one of the perks of being a, a, a booze salesman is whenever Lucian comes to town, you know, we, we break out something good to drink, obviously, but oh, yeah. I still remember that first time I hadn't, I haven't thought about that since then, but tequila and OJ. I'm going to try yeah. it. I, I've, I've stayed away purposely, uh, stayed away from tequila. Oh, I have a slogan <laughs> with tequila. It's have you hugged your toilet today? Cause that's ex- no matter what, just one shot, four shots. It just, it flips me. <laughs> well, now I'll try it with a side of orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret. <laughs> That's how you'll, you'll be able to You'll drink. be spitting satanic prose in no time. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> that, right? Absolutely. So you kind of, um, you know, we were just talking about diving into Satanism and someone made a comment on one of our threads on Facebook, uh, our goat farm, and told Al that he didn't just dive in. He cannonballed. And it kind of sounds like that's very similar to your situation. It doesn't get more cannonball into the scene than that. Um, the founders, you know, the co-founders of the satanic temple, you're there in person, captivated. They're speaking to you without, you know, actually, you know, speaking directly to you. Um, so I guess I'll kind of piggyback off of that now after those interactions and everything, what is your, uh, what would your affiliation, um, direct or non-direct be with the satanic temple? I would, I would say I'm a, I guess member at large, I guess would be the the exact term. Arkansas doesn't have an official chapter. Um, we have a friends of group that um, Hadrian runs. He does a, a wonderful job with it. I think I alluded before we got on here how I'm a the consummate uh, amateur at everything. And my organizational skills are about that of a toddler. So <laughs> uh, he, he he sort of handles the, the social media and the organizing and stuff like that. And um I'm all for local chapters and organizing and and, and things like that. But also I I don't do a lot of stuff, I guess you would say, you know, sort of like the, uh, the movie nights and the online meetups and things like that, especially with the current COVID environment. Now in-person stuff I'm all about, but I'm just, it's hard to get me on a, on a, like a, a nighttime zoom group type thing and stuff like that. So um, I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm, on board with everything they're doing here in Arkansas, but I would, I would say I'm just a TSC member at large right now. All right. Uh, and overall, um, now that you've, you know, you've been a part of this, you, you've, you know, you've been in, you were a part of the hail Satan documentary, um, in today's world, you know, who you've become right now, uh, what does Satanism and being a Satanist mean to Mason? Oh, that's a good question. I think I, what I like about this question too, is I think if you would have asked Mason six months ago, you would have gotten a different answer. If you'd have asked Mason, you know, a year ago, all the way back to 2015. Um, when I first started, which it's wild still to think about, it was literally myself, Lucian and Erica, you know, just kicking it down there at the arts and grounds commission, having these meetings. I didn't even really know what TST was or what they did or who was a member of TST. And I, I think when we first started, I wouldn't even have considered myself a member of TSC or a Satanist, honestly, right? I, not at all. But then I think, I think I had a bit of a, of a natural progression. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys kind of feel this too, but like, I feel like you kind of start with that sort of protest Satanism, like this whole, you know, I want to go kick the door down. I want to go after everyone, you know, these, these religious folks in positions of power. I want to take them down, things like that. And I think that's sort of what I, 
I think I always called it poking the bear with a stick or whatever, or poking mm-hmm. Jason Rabert with a stick, to be more specific. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, Fuck that guy. <laughs> yes. That was my sole purpose there for a while was to give him hell. And now I've sort of reached this zen of, I'm like, just let him be, you guys. You know, don't don't hound him on social media. I don't know. Lucian just posted <laughs> a nice little tweet the other day that kind of brought him back to conversation. That was fantastic. That's perfect. I, but if I had, to, if you had to ask me right now, what is, you know, what sort of Satanist I am right now, I would consider myself the, um, the gluttonous consumer of, of knowledge Satanist. I'd say I want to take the apple off the tree. Uh, sorry, Eve, you know, I want to I bake that bastard into a pie with some ice cream and devour it. Um, Hell yeah. You just gave me yeah. chills. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel about it. That's my Satanism right that's, now. <laughs> that's, some, that's some Southern Satanism for you right there. But I um I, I picture myself like like Satan in, in Revolt of the Angels, like on the banks of the river, like reading the book and eating grapes, you know, and and, you know, let someone else go conquer heaven. You know, I'd rather be a, a God in my own world right here in my own right. So I think that's what it means to me currently. I know sometimes people, you know, they say the whole why, why, then why is, why is this Satanism, you know, and I think Stu's, if, if I'm right, Stu says something in the documentary about, you know, well, there's really anything else you can call it, you know, yeah. what this is. And, and that, that, that stuck with me pretty good. So I think that to me, Satanism is, is questioning and learning. It's following your own path, walking your own path, which I'm sure this whole, we'll get to that with the whole normie Satanism thing, which I think that's the pure ethos of Satanism is walking your own path. And if you don't want to wear black, then you know what? You don't have to wear black. You know, if you don't have to listen to death metal and things like that. Um, and that's the beauty of this. So I, I think that's where I'm at on that. All right. Now, what issues and goals of the Satanic movement are you most passionate about and why? I think obviously with, with everything going on here in Little Rock and sort of what's hits home to me the most is, is the whole uh, taking on the, the hypocrisy with these religious freedom bills and this whole, um, if anyone in the can't see me, I'm using my air quotes for these <laughs> religious freedom bills, because let's be real, it has nothing to do with religious freedom. That's easily what I've, I feel strongest about. I, I also I'm 100% behind the other work that TST does, whether it be women's rights and, and, and things like that. But I think because it's right here in my backyard, I'm five minutes from the state capitol, that that's what um, that's what gets me going still. That whole thing, just um, just how quickly this must have happened for you, just for going from, you know, just like you said, you know, the atheist communities and kind of getting bored with that to just completely immersing yourself in this. And that kind of goes into my next question uh outside of you know meeting lucian um and at that conference now how what was the process like with like with your involvement in the documentary hail satan so i I think it was the second meeting we had with the arts and grounds commission that lucian said he goes hey i think a a documentary film crew is going to be showing up today oh (laughs) (laughs) what okay and so it wasn't Penny at the time. It was a local guy named Jeff, which we ended up becoming friends with. He's just a local freelance uh, videographer, photographer. And so he started coming to everything that we did. Um, even some things that uh, I don't even think Lucian was in town. Just like if I was either, you know, taking some documents, dropping some stuff off, he was coming by and just filming footage. Um, no clue. Had no clue what it was for. No clue that this was, you know, going to be a major motion picture or anything like that. Um, and then after a while we got to know one another, um, 
And then Penny came a few times after that to a few things. So we got to know her and uh, the big rally there on, at the, on the documentary. Um, she had asked, um, said, hey, what are you doing the following day? You think you could sit down and we could ask you a few questions? It's like, absolutely, of course. And um, and so I'm sure we're probably going to get to the bow tie stuff, but that's where the whole bow tie <laughs> thing came from because it was on a Friday afternoon. I had a work meeting that morning. Uh, in my office. So I had to dress appropriately for it. And I wear bow ties from time to time. And I had uh, worked through like a whole wine portfolio that morning. So I came in there half buzzed, not even <laughs> understanding what, you know, I thought we were going to sit around with a notebook and write a few things down. I mean, I walk into a room and, you know, I'm getting powdered, and, you know, putting a microphone on me. I'm like, Ooh, Mason, what have you gotten yourself into? Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, awesome. Uh, and again, that just one thing after another, just, you know, the pieces falling into place. Um, now, and going off of, you know, the whole bow tie thing, the bow tie thing and uh, your appearance in the documentary, uh, as we progressed as a podcast, we've done a few personal journey episodes uh, and not just the, the episodes in general, just as we get to know people, we, you know, have our Zooms and just virtually through our Facebook community, through Twitter, um, as we're hearing people's stories, uh, one of the common, the most common theme in people's stories is, you know, the documentary, but it's not just the documentary. Um, we've, most people refer to your contribution to the documentary and your presence and, you know, some of your, you know, your sound bites and your clips as something that resonated the most with them. And I'm just kind of curious, um, have you had any, you know, feedback similar to that since the documentary is aired and what are your overall thoughts on people, um, kind of pulling your story out is something that might've stuck with them the most. I, I still to this day get probably a message or two a week on one of the social media channels, just from someone who watched the documentary for the first time saying that, you know, I resonated with it because they, perhaps they were like me, they, you know, weren't wearing all black, didn't have that sort of that, 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 that classic look, and they, you know, just want to say thanks and appreciate it. And I mean, come on, that never gets old. I, <laughs> but you hear it. And I think to myself, you know, I don't feel like I've done anything grand here. I just was being myself. And, but to hear, to hear that, that people, it stuck with them and, and, and they, and they really, it really resonated with them. I, I, I love it. I'm glad, I'm glad that if that's my little contribution to this whole movement and thing, then, then I'm, I'm good with that. Um, I really believe that the, the whole walking your own path and you don't have to look a certain way. You can be yourself. And um, I'm glad that people are seeing that. Oh, and it was great. Uh, and I mean, now that, you know, the half buzz thing um, came out, it kind of makes a little sense because you had you just had this, you know, a little bit of fire, like a little bit of passion into how, you you know, you were you were responding to some of the questions and everything. And, you know, you look straight into that camera. And the, the first time I, you know, I saw it, you know, you know, Jex Blackmore, of course, but they just, you know, how you, you had kind of you were kind of leaned in just a little bit as you were talking. And I don't know, it was it was just like, you know, you were in the same room with me, like, but you had this excitement to you, too. And I think that's one of the things, at least for me, that kind of sparked just like, you know what? Fuck, man, like this is. You know, this isn't just like you said, as we'll progress later in the episode, this isn't just for everybody dressed in black who listens to death metal and draws pentagrams in their notebooks. Like this really speaks to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure uh, it definitely, you know, a little bit of there's nothing wrong with a little bit of celebrity status. That's for sure. And the fact that, you know, you've made a difference for a lot of people. Um 
and we're just scratching the surfaces with that with some, some of our first fan mail and and things like that yeah. but uh it's it's weird it's you know but it's also fulfilling and it's motivating to, to continue fighting the good fight and to reach in more people when lucian was speaking did he go did he read the tenants aloud and um like in his presentation did he kind of go through the tenants or i think so you know goodness i I don't remember if he went through the tenants or not. It was more along the lines of like, you know, the, the after school Satan and then the Oklahoma case and, uh, and the, uh, the Rick Scott, he sort of, a lot of the stuff that they hit in the movie, he was sort of giving a, a small, um, abridged version of all of those things for everyone. Gotcha. But uh, overall, um, I mean, uh, we just talked about how you've progressed where six months ago, Mason was, was, you know, a different Satanist as you were today. But, um, in today's world, um, when it comes to the tenants, uh, is there a favorite tenant you have? And is there one that's had the most impact on you personally? Oh yeah, definitely. The, uh, you know, con- conforming our beliefs to the best scientific understanding of the world is, is gospel to me now, goodness gracious. Then, and, and I think it seems very appropriate now about, you know, never distorting scientific facts to fit your beliefs seems pretty relevant in our current situation. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Wear a mask fuckers. <laughs> yes, please. God. And don't go anywhere. Stay home. Wear a mask. Um, no, I've I've become uh, a self-proclaimed science nerd in my journey through Satanism, and I'm currently a thousand percent obsessed with human origins, and I can't read books and watch lectures quickly enough on where we came from because I was one of those people growing up, and you know, I, I didn't believe in evolution. I shouldn't say I didn't believe in evolution. I didn't know about evolution. I didn't understand evolution. I didn't know where we came from and what a wild, crazy story our story is as a species. So I definitely think the the science education and science understanding is one that really sticks. Of course, I, I have no qualms with any of the tenants. I think they're all, they're all wonderful. I think as I say in the film, better than the 10 commandments. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So you described yourself as being basically a Christian zealot growing up. Uh, Could you walk us through the path from becoming an atheist and then a Satanist? When you when you grow up in a small town in a state like Arkansas, your bubble is so small and you just you just don't know any better. You don't know about the outside world. You don't know so much. And so I've always kind of been an all in kind of guy. I think my wife could probably attest to that I'm all in on anything for two weeks and then completely forget about it. But yeah. you know, move on. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of Satanism, but, I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. But growing up, I you know, church was life. Everything all revolved around church. And so I'm went to one of those, I went to one of those summer camps that you see the documentaries about the crazy youth summer camps. Mm -hmm. And I became a counselor there afterwards for either three summers or four summers. I'm honestly not sure, but I was one of those counselors. I was one of the ones like scaring kids into getting baptized. We played those horrible, I don't even want to call them games. We did horrible things like doing these scenarios where, you know, if you haven't been baptized, you know, like these games where you would, say you only a certain amount of you can get off this plane and it's going to crash. You guys have got to put yourselves in order based on who thinks they're going to go to heaven and who's not. And oh, things like wow. that. Just, just crazy, crazy conservative Christian stuff. I, I went to uh, Harding university in Cersei, Arkansas for two years, which is a ultra conservative uh, church of Christ, Christian school college. And um, I just, my boat, I just didn't, that's all I knew. And 
it was a slow burn. I don't have one of those big, like, aha, you know, moments where it just all clicked. It really was a slow burn. I kind of got away from church a little while as I got older. And then I read a book, I believe it was called like Pagan Christianity by a guy named Frank Viola, who I think is a actually is a pastor. And it was a book about the pagan origins of Christianity. And I was like, you know, I'm reading this and I'm like, holy shit, wait a minute. And so then of course the uh, the devil started doing his work in my mind. I started reading other books and I read more and I read more and I was like, wait a minute, you know, could this not be real? And, mm-hmm. and it didn't take long for me. Luckily, I, I think that, that those moments of despair that, you know, that heaven and hell weren't real, that when I died, I died. Uh, that left pretty quickly, which I, I'm glad. And I think I'm a pretty realist person now, pretty matter of fact. And, and so then I, I, I got into like Christopher Hitchens, of course, then, you know, you're done. It's done at that point. Um, <laughs> no, you're very fortunate. A lot of people, you know, stew and, and dwell on that struggle and that internal conflict of, you know, letting go of just like you said, like, you know, you were, you were hoodwinked or bamboozled when you were lied to, like, you know, the wool was yes. pulled over your eyes. And I, I've heard a lot of stories where people, you know, really struggle and they get stuck in that. And that, that can, you know, for some people that can last for a long period of time. Attention staff and students, this is your principal with your daily update. The Satanic Study Hall podcast is not affiliated with any other podcast or organization. None. Zero. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast are ours and ours alone. I have absolutely no idea what lunch is today. I don't even remember how I got here. And to whoever keeps pulling the fire alarm, thank you. Mandatory swimming program has been put in effect for all you stinky bastards immediately. Something has to be done. There's a change.org petition for fuck's sake. And that's all for today's announcements. Hail Satan. Oh, I have an yes, independent and- question off of that, if, if that's okay. <laughs> um, in the South and in the Midwest, in these kind of like pocket communities where camps and churches like that exist and, and kids might not necessarily have the resources to get out until like much later in life, do you personally living in Arkansas as long as you have, do you see that getting better, getting worse, being replaced with anything down the line or fading out completely? Like, what do you see as the future of, of these areas? Oh man, I, it's still, I don't think it's changed much here. I think it's, it's, it's the problem of when you have a group of people that are there, there's just no culture. There's no, there's no, there's no, how do I say this? Everyone's white and straight and goes to church. You know, there's no, there's no good culture here. And that's what, that's what really got me out was, was meeting. I was like, wow, hold on. I I, I met, I met people who were gay, you know, in person, real people. And they're nice. And that sounds so weird to say that right now, but back then that's how I would have been. And, and people of other religions, people with no religion, I remember asking when I worked at that church camp one time, why don't we ever go do mission work in Europe? And they said, Oh, Europe's a dark place. Now I know that's code for the people in Europe are smart and (laughs) they would tell you, get the hell out of here. You know, you, you crazy fundamentalists. So I, I hope it gets better. I, I, right now though, Arkansas is, Arkansas is a crazy place right now, man. We're, we're losing our collective mind down here. 
Yeah, it's got it's got to be um, frustrating. I'm I'm really glad though you you found your your like you said your blue dot. That's it's definitely at least got to be reassuring. Um, a lot a lot of people a lot of people struggle to even find that. <laughs> All right, so I think my last little piece here is um, what do you see as the path towards coexistence for our society? I've been saying through a lot of this this summer of COVID, these years of Trump, that the education system has just failed us. And I, I'm speaking personally, growing up, I, I can remember, you know, your high school football teacher was your history teacher, your geometry teacher, your science, things like that, you know, like the the basketball coach would sit up there and just read from a book, from a, from a textbook, you know, I and I've been out of school for about 20 years now, so high school at least, and I, 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 I don't know if it's any different, but I just, I feel like our country is, the Dunning-Kruger effect has really showed itself over this past year, and people, they don't know shit, and they think they know everything, and I think there's got to be some humility, everybody's got to calm down, but if I had to pick one thing, it's goodness gracious, our education, I think just the, the lack of focus on education is, is it's killing us. It's, it's, it's allowing the misinformation to spread like gospel. Well, Mason, it was great getting to know you in the first part of our uh, little special interview here we've got going on tonight. So let's get to the main topic, the topic of the day, uh, normie Satanism. So, I mean, tell me about your thoughts of, you know, of that label, you know, normie Satanist and, and your general thoughts on it and kind of fitting into that category. This is good. This is good. Normal. I feel like normal is a very relative term these days, too. Um, I've I, I, I whenever you guys approach me for this topic, I kept thinking about that, like what's normie Satanism. And what I kept thinking about was just something that really draws me to Satanism and the fact that there is no norm or normal in a sense that that are you're truly free to walk your own path that that I can wear dockers and a button up or i can wear my satan sweatshirt you know or i can do whatever but it doesn't change the fact it's not like this is some sort of you know this is my my admission my my way to get in the door is you know if if you don't have these black leather pants on then you can't come in you know or if you don't have long hair and a knee-length denim skirt looking at you pentecostals you know you can't come in the church so that's what i like about satan and i i I think Lucian said something in the documentary about like double layered pseudonyms. And I always kind of feel like it's like double layered nonconformity. Like you're nonconforming because you're a Satanist, but you're also double forming because you're wearing dress shoes and button ups and tucking my shirt in and things like that. And looking like just the average bro, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Uh, how do people react, whether it be friends, family, coworkers, anyone in your community, when you say, you know, I'm a Satanist? You know, what's generally, how does that conversation go? It's it's one that I've gotten to have more recently than not, thanks to the documentary, because I've had, um, with my job, I, I, I deal with people 24-7. I know so many folks in the town of Little Rock, especially, and I'll have, I'll go to like, say a liquor store to, to, you know, sell them some things. And one of the employees will be like, pull me to the side and like, bro, I watched a movie called hell Satan last night. I'm like, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like I've got questions. Um, for the most part, I, I, I haven't had a lot of those big, awkward conversations. It seems like the folks that have watched it is pretty liberal minded. And they're kind of like, hell yeah, dude, that was awesome. 
you know, you, you don't, obviously you're not going to have some fundamentalist Christian watch it, you know, and then uh, I don't think that's something they'd be watching on Hulu anyway. But um, I, I did have a coworker. We were at like an actual formal dinner. My bosses were there. There's like 10 of us at a table and she just point blank across the table. Mason, now, do you worship the devil? <laughs> and I was like, oh my, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I can I can see my boss over there like shit. Like <laughs> where is this gonna go? <laughs> yeah. My boss knows. My boss is a Trump guy. He's my age. He's a classic, you know, he's your classic Republican bro. But but he's also real good about, you know, we don't, you know, you don't mix church and state. You know, we we keep things legit at work. Um I know he probably thinks I'm weird as hell, but um I've never really had any of those big awkward ones. My family <sighs> My family kind of, it's like they know, but we don't talk about it to an extent. They know I was in a movie. Um, they know I went to Sundance. They know that I do stuff, I guess is that the best way to put it. But we just don't have those conversations, um, which I'm, 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 I feel like I'm blessed and thankful for that, that I don't have one of those a pushier family that would, you know, really push the issue. Oh, yeah, still, it's, you know, it's divided many, many a family head. over time. That's for sure. Yeah, I consider myself very lucky that my my family, we just it's, it's like a, it's like a don't ask, don't tell policy. You know, we just kind of we do our thing. Um, I'm lucky to have a good family, though. Honestly, they're 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 a very conservative family, but they're also a very loving family, and we all you know we all get along well. And I think the only person that really would have pushed the issue was my mother, and regretfully she passed away about two years ago, and it was before, right before all of it kicked up, and she would have been the one. She had asked me one time, you know. She said, do you still believe in God? And I just said, no. And we never brought it up again. So again, I think I'm, I'm lucky and I'm fortunate with, with the family I've got with <laughs> being the literal black sheep. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that how Satanists presents themselves through their outward appearance is kind of necessary and important, or is it still just a, a sense of personal expression. And the reason I ask that is kind of like, you know, inhale Satan. Yeah, I, I, I know they, they engaged in certain things and still do. They kind of, you know, to get the media attention and, you know, kind of having that look and that, that offensiveness and that kind of that, that shock value uh, kind of, I think, amplifies what their message is. But, you know, kind of on a personal level, you know, how do you feel about like, you know, just Satanist, you know, dressing and acting like a Satanist, you know, to be part of it. I, I think it could, I think it's both of those. I, I think that, again, I think it's that, that whole walking your own path and, and, and that freedom of personal expression that, that comes along sort of with Satanism. I, um, I definitely think obviously with a lot of, uh, you know, what you black shirts, you know, and your, your death metal band shirts, tats, piercings, things like that. Um, I kind of, again, go with my double layered nonconformity. I rock my, my college hail Satan sweatshirt. Um, whenever I go to the grocery store, if I can normally just to elicit a few, you know, oh, yes. <laughs> reactions. I've got a bunch of those, um, classic, like three quarter length shirts that have got the, the Satan logo. It's like the Supreme logo, but it's instead of Supreme, it says Satan on it. Nice. Um, which is yeah. also fun. Things like that, you know, I, it's funny. I, I think I, I still throw the satanic vibe out there a little bit outwardly, but it's, again, it's like jorts and a three quarter length shirt and some sneakers, not exactly <laughs> black Doc Martens or anything. So, yeah. There you go. 
All right. So in terms of like rituals, whether they be public or private uh, satanic rituals, do you participate in any of them? I, I've never participated in an, any sort of official uh, TST rituals before. Um, I've, I've honestly never really had the opportunity. Some of their bigger ones they've had via the uh, like be the unveiling or, or, or things like that. I just was never in a position to be able to go. I I don't put rituals as high on my list of of what means a lot to me as a Satanist as opposed to a lot of other folks do. But that being said, I I unbelievably see the importance in it and then the the catharsis and the uh and things like that i mean it's to me it's it's just like growing up sort of the rituals with church and some of those sacred rituals that that we all held so dear i think i don't think this is this is any different for a, for a satanist but i've never i will i in the future probably at some point um i know stew and myself are trying to cook something up for arizona once COVID dies down enough for everybody to be safely together. We wanted to cook something up real good. So hopefully there'll be something coming down the road. All right, great. So one last question for you. And I'm sure all of our listeners are dying to know, are we going to see you rock the bow tie look on a regular basis? Is it just for the work days or, you know, are we going to see some Hail Satan bow ties, uh, you sporting them sometime soon or what? Just for when they show up to film documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> or is this, are the bow ties a documentary thing now? Is it your, your, your look? Yeah. yeah. Only, only for, for Sundance nominated films going forward. Um, <laughs> You might want to look into some marketing and merchandising. You might be able to, you know, brand them. You could be onto something, man. (laughs) I know Pope out there, Pope was like, dude, if you don't start making your own branded bow ties, I'm going to do it myself. Um, (laughs) Yep. Sadly, I don't wear the bow ties that often, Um, especially lately, because I haven't had a reason. We haven't had any formal gatherings. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. I think the next time I'll have a bow tie on, I'm going to wait for the McRib sandwich to come out and I'll probably Facebook live myself eating it on Facebook. They just announced it. It's actually nationwide this holiday season. Uh, December 3rd. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But who's counting? That's right. right. Who's counting? It's not like it's coming up or anything. There for a while. I think I was wearing like my little satanic tank top and a bow tie and eating things like Taco Bell and giving a social commentary um, (laughs) on Facebook live because, you know, that's just, what you do and uh that's probably when the bow tie will be seen again <laughs> all right the mcrib is the mcrib is that important i actually in, in honor of the bow tie I, I might have a mcrib this year i'll think it, <laughs> it's a struggle those things man when you see them find frozen but, hey find me on facebook live we can have a detailed discussion on the nuances of the pickle and the onion and the the tang of the sauce compared to last season's mcribs so, <laughs> no we're going to compare it to previous years i like that all right yes i guess i'm getting a McRib with like a glass of tequila and a side of orange juice. Yes. I guess that's what I'm doing this December. <laughs> Dive into some deep analytics. The official satanic uh, diet, right? <laughs> wow, well, that's, that's it. We might want to uh, t- see if we can get in touch with Adam, the satanic chef. Maybe do a, his own version of this a satanic McRib. There you go. Oh, Adam and I had all these grand plans before all this hit of, of doing sort of like a, a devil's dinner up at HQ and me bringing the wine, being the 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 wine guy and the the wine educator and whatnot. We were going to do a big sort of like wine ritual, and I'm hoping that's still going to happen at some point. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that too. You know, speaking of wine, this is kind of completely off topic, but we are going to, after the first of the year, we're going to endeavor on a little project. So somebody in our little uh, goat farm community um, posted 
the mathematics behind how many communion wafers and how much wine you would have to drink in order to consume a full Jesus. So we are going to order a whole bunch of communion wafers and get a box or two of wine. And every episode, we're going to chip away at our progress and our goal. We don't know how long it's going to take. I'm sure (laughs) if I really crunch the numbers, I could figure it out. Some nights we might be more, you know, more liberal with our communion wafer eating than others. But um, our goal is to, to consume a whole Jesus, I think, by what? Um, should we say hexanoct? Give ourselves four months? <laughs> four months to consume a whole Jesus? Yeah. That's a lot of communion wafers. I think we can do it. We're going to be so sick and tired of communion wafers. I can just see Johnny here like, I can't eat another one of these fucking things. I didn't know it was going to be four months. This is like an extended long-term science project. I thought we were going to go underway, but that sounds a little bit This is quick. one big Jesus. I like to call those, that's, it's a nice little BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. Behaj, oh big, gosh, hairy, audacious Jesus. You said behag. We've used, we use that term at work. I've never heard anyone else use it before. Really? Good, yeah. It's, uh, is that good to great? Is that the book good to great? It's for, yeah, it came out of the, that's where I got it, it was good yeah. to great, yeah. And here's what's really serendipitous is it's always our tequila goal every month is our behag. Oh, yes. <laughs> it does. It all comes fucking around, doesn't it? Yes. Well, thank you, Mason, for uh, representing the Normie Satanist community. And on behalf of all of us and all of the Satanists out there who might feel a little different than everyone else, thank you. We look up to you. You're an inspiration to all of us. So, and next up, we have Veronica the Valedictorian to do a little bit more of a deep dive on some of your thoughts on Satanism. We all kind of relate to the idea of normie Satanism in in some way. I myself, you know, I don't have any tattoos. I don't dress in black that often. Um, I don't really have any piercings. And I have a little yellow house that if you walked into it, you'd see absolutely uh, no satanic, gothic, metal, uh, uh, metal aesthetic anywhere you'd see like this cute little just yellow pixie light kind of cottage and you'd be like oh you know like just some cute little person lives here um so this has been we live in the same house (laughs) (laughs) oh god do you have a satanic flag outside of your house it's like flip like the hole from arkansas to pennsylvania (laughs) and you have to travel through the same house in one dimension um But uh, so I started on my journey with a few misconceptions, frankly. Uh, My only kind of uh, reference for Satanism at that point was LaVey. And um, I showed up one day at one of our little meetings and I showed up demanding to bite from this apple of knowledge. Yes, she did. (laughs) But I also showed up with uh, a lot of misconceptions. I did not ask them if they worshiped the devil. Um, but I did ask them a lot of like, well, why did you split from LaVey? You know, what's the difference between what you're claiming to do and uh, the church? You know, what, what what exactly is going on? Why did you feel the need to spin off? And I, for a long time, was an avid uh, atheist. It was a little hard for me to split from that word that, that gave me so much power and let Satanists kind of describe to me what the temple was about and why it— uh, you know, what, what all the differences from atheism were. Um, and the more people I talked to, the more I learned. What are the biggest uh, misconceptions people have about Satanism? I think, I think the big one, you probably hit there, the whole, you know, do you worship the devil? Do you believe in a real devil? And I found myself beginning this journey almost too, too much to a point, making it, making it known like, Hey, 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 okay. I'm a Satanist, but guys, you need to know this. I don't really worship a devil. Now I'm just, just 
I'm a Satanist, you know, let, let their minds go, let them, let them stew on it. You know, um, I think another big misconception with probably more with TST as opposed to Satanism in general is, is that TST is just a, a group that's, you know, trying to pester and poke and, and, and cause a ruckus. And, yeah. I just had a conversation every people and not to interrupt, but I literally just had an argument. I referred to it as a conversation, but it was a kind of an argument where they said the satanic temple was nothing just but a bunch of trolls. Yes. I heard that a lot through the whole, this whole 10 commandments saga, this, you guys are just trolls, you're political trolls. You're just trying to, you know, poke and pester. And, is that really um, an insult irritate. though? Is it? Oh, absolutely not. I take pride <laughs> not in at it. All. Not at all. It brings a smile to my face. I'm about to say, I, I, we, we take pride in these subtle nuances of our poking and pestering. So, um, but yeah, I think those are the, I think those are the big ones. Um, I think, I think the whole normie Satanism, I think it could roll back into that too, that people just assume that, you know, between the old allegations of satanic ritual abuse and things like that, that, that Satanists are just these fringe lunatics um, that don't live in little yellow with uh you know cute decorations and things like that so yeah and dogs and kittens and and whatever <laughs> exactly okay what do you think is the future of satanism i think satanism has got a pretty viable future i i think things are going fast now culture life everything I, you know for as long as it took from you know those those ancient archaic times back with, you know, between like the Templars and things like that. And these old, you know, in the, in the, in the origins of Baphomet himself, uh, I think we're kind of going at light speed right now where, where things are going fast. I, I think that could be a good thing for things like Satanism. I think you see what there's those record numbers of folks that are leaving the pews and leaving religion behind. And um, let me rephrase that because they nailed me in the deposition over and over. Oh, you said you left religion. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you rephrase that the, the nasty messianic religions that are, that are killing us right now. I think it's a good option for some folks. I'd, I'd be happy to stand on that soapbox, you know, and here's why you should, uh, you know, follow this path. Although, you know, I, I think the beauty with Satanism is the lack of proselytizing and whatnot, but I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's got a future. And that said, what do you think the greatest challenge facing Satanism is today? I think its biggest challenge is, is it's not becoming a cliche of itself. Um, I, I, you know, I, I tread lightly with these words here. I think, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of like, like TST in particular, I, and, and not TST, but the folks who are wanting to join TST, I think that. There's probably a lot of folks out there that that don't know shit about Satanism or, or anything like that that are wanting to join a group. And something I've noticed is a lot of folks are they're wanting to make Satanisms like a, a a part of the the normie world, like a part of of society. But I I kind of think that goes completely against what it's about yeah, I would agree. you know it's 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 more of the the the, the rejection of, of, of that part of society at least it is to me so i find that weird um but i think the whole cliche thing is is probably one of the bigger um challenges currently and here we are kind of working to end that make people you know who are newer you know not very afraid of what they 
come in thinking they have to present as um, when none of that should be real, frankly. Um, what has your proudest moment been uh, while being a Satanist? Well, about back in March, I had to give a deposition um, to the state of Arkansas. Myself and uh, Erica Robbins did uh, being plaintiffs in the Ten Commandments case. And we knew it going into it that it was just going to be some some time wasting on the part of the state. Um, they, there was no smoking gun with myself or Erica. There, there wasn't going to be some big gotcha moment. And so I sat there for about three hours. They asked me all sorts of questions. Um, but my, probably my proudest moment was about that towards the end of it, the uh, associate attorney general gets out this big folder and it's all these uh, photocopied pictures. And as he opens it up, the lawyer, uh, Matt Kazai, and I realize that it's a bunch of tweets and Facebook posts of mine. Oh, I'm like, oh, oh baby. And um, Zesty does not begin to describe some of these posts. And <laughs> at one point, he slides over a tweet that I said, and I don't know exactly how it went, but it was something to the effect of, there's drinking your chosen religion's Kool-Aid. Then there's the Jason Rapert style of butt chugging the Kool-Aid. <laughs> my God, my God, what an idiot. I can't wait to toast his demise. And the associate, the, the assistant to the, you know, the second line of the attorney general read it word for word and said, is, is this your tweet? I said, yes, sir, it is. And um, myself and the lawyer, I'm biting my thumb. And to know that, that he had to read that out loud and he had to say butt chugging the Kool-Aid <laughs> on record. On yes, record in a, yes. in a court case in a court case that could in theory go to the Supreme Court, you know? Belial is amused. Um, My reaction would have been, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? <laughs> Perhaps a little a little louder and slower. For the people in the back. For the people in the back. And have so, him say it again. That is so quite beautiful. And we have it on video because the whole deposition was recorded on video. Since um, And so I have it in my possession. I'm not allowed to share it until the case is over. I've played with it on so many editing apps. Where oh, I bet. Butt chugging, butt chugging, <laughs> butt chugging the Kool-Aid. Um, I mean, literally the day the, the papers are signed and the case is over, it will be on social media. There are so many good pieces from that deposition. So, oh, I can't wait. We that will is gladly awesome. share it to the goat farm. <laughs> yes. That is wonderful. Um, yes, I don't consider the word the word troll an insult in any capacity. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, um, I would. I, that that's that's got to be the top of. The, I mean, Sundance was was wild. Going to Sundance and, mm -hmm. and meeting folks at Sundance and and going back again to the normie Satanism thing. Meeting some folks like over the next two days that we were there that were like. Well, you were great in the film. We didn't expect to see someone like you, you know, and things like that. What advice do you have for anyone who wants to become a Satanist? Read, 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 read. Get all the books you can get your hands on. Don't, don't watch a couple of YouTube videos and think, I'm a Satanist now. I um, actually haven't found anything. When I first started my research into this whole thing, I, I went to YouTube first. I wouldn't do that okay. now. Um, I didn't find too many good things actually i found a little like a few small videos of people talking about the documentary but that was all they had i think there's that one vice video that's on there mm -hmm. and it didn't tell me anything about what i needed to know i was like i'm, I'm just past this this is basic i don't so i started you know that's where i eventually found the temple and all these kind of subgroups outside of philadelphia that operated along the the temple's lines 
And I think the Temple's website, if I'm correct, they've got a wonderful um, reading list. Yes, of, they do. Of, we will be yes. reviewing a few books on that reading list very soon. Yes, and like you know, there's the things like like the invention of Satanism, of course, and, and Revolt of the Angels. And um, I, I would I would tell people to read the Revolt of the Angels first because I'd never even heard of that beforehand, and that one really spoke to me too. That um, sort of the essence of arcade, and then the whole thing with uh, with Satan at the end there, and mm-hmm. I just I just keep picturing Satan with that big mustache for some reason, sitting on the you know the banks of the river eating those grapes. <laughs> Reading books, you know, while the world burns and he just sits, you know, and absorbing knowledge. And, yep. Yes. And he's he's in a Zen moment. Like, I feel like that's been my goal lately is, is to is to find that Zen and to, to sit and read. And, you know, if the world's going to burn and. It's yeah, like, it's like those pictures you see are like, you know, there's someone's holding up a convenience store, robbing a restaurant and some guy is just does it not affected, not phased, <laughs> just sitting there eating his dinner. Like, you know, someone is just not not affected at all. Like just, you know, in his in his zone and completely content while everything else falls apart around him. I'm not there yet. I can fully admit that, but I want to be. Soon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's ultimately my goal as, as you know, as a human being is to be that content and comfortable within my with my own skin to the point where, you know. Fuck it. <laughs> yes. Uh, any more advice other than reading, which I totally agree with, is the most important thing? I think reading. I think um, talking and speaking with other folks, hearing other people's, you know, I think we talked about earlier, you know, I think if you ask 10 people, what does Satanism mean to you? You're probably going to get 10 completely different answers. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's not a hard and fast doctrine. And um so I, I, I would, I would, I would say definitely reach out to reach out to folks and, um, and yeah, I know I keep saying read, but like read, not just books on Satanism, read everything you can get your hands on science, education, things like that, you know, poetry, anything enrich your mind. I think that's the, the essence of the satanic. Um, who is your hero in the satanic community and movement and why are they your hero? I, if I had to, if I had to pick someone, I would call a hero. It, it's the folks like like Stu and Matt Kaziah, the the folks that are grinding hours and hours. The you know the 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 court cases, the law work, things like that. I, I can't imagine. You know, you, you you have to think in a position like that. You know, representing TST and, and Satanists, that you're already you know behind an eight ball the, the size of Everest, and so. The, the ones that are in that they the, have to go through. Yeah, the ones that are in the trenches, so to speak. Absolutely, the ones that are in the trenches, the ones that have done the 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 real grunt work. Because I'll fully admit, I'm just over here in a bow tie, hanging out, you know, <laughs> reading books and, and sipping wine. I'm, I haven't done the grunt work that those guys have done, and I I have utmost admiration for the folks like Shalise and, and, and Lucian and, and the the folks and Shiva, especially some of the folks that were some of the, the first frontliners, um, utmost admiration for all of them. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that until you brought that up. I mean, you know, you, you know, people in your personal life and maybe even family members who go through years and years of grueling court cases over, you know, some stupid lawsuit, like a small business lawsuit, or, you know, you're gotten an accident or, you know, even divorce court and just how it kind of beats a person down after a while. And then to see the temple, you know, just people in the temple going after states <laughs> and legislators and, and that kind of thing. And I over and over and over again. Yeah. I'll make an effort to look more into 
the details of the actual cases, which, you know, I, I've always known are going on, but not the amount of kind of like just teamwork and, and uh, brain power it takes and, and mental health <laughs> to, to go through that over and over again successfully. Um, yeah, the, the focus you've got to keep on that. I, I can't keep focus for more than an hour or two, but, you know, yeah. to, to be that driven and that focus for these, you know, we started that, that was back in 2015 mm-hmm. when this got going and goodness, we're not, you know, we're not even to technically the trial yet. And, you know, it'll be, obviously it'll, it'll be appealed no matter what happens here in Arkansas, it'll go to the appellate court. It, you know, it could end up at the Supreme court possibly. And we're talking years more. i it's beyond me. Mm-hmm. I have. It's a hell of a hell of a commitment and a project. That's for sure. Yes. Um, what are the most positive and most negative experiences you've had as a Satanist? I, I feel like in these last, I guess, about five years, I've I've learned so much about myself. Probably good and bad. I think I attribute a lot of that to TST and Satanism. Um, I definitely think my bubble from as little as it was growing up is just so much bigger now. And I've got so much more appreciation for the world, uh, the differences in our world, the the natural world, how, how just, you know, you don't need supernatural. You don't need, you don't need talking snakes and talking donkeys. The natural world's fucking crazy enough. Um, <laughs> well said. And, and I think the big one too, is the connections I've made. I've made, I've made friends across the world at this point, which is, you know, with the advent of social media technology, goodness, I've, I've made Satanist friends, Australia, New Zealand, um, England, all around here, Arizona, Detroit, New York. And I think we at study hall can say the same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like folks that I talk to now on a daily basis, like, like legitimately friends that I would put in my inner circle of friends through this, that, that, you know, when you find those like-minded people, um, I hate the term Satan fam. I don't know if y'all like it, but I don't know why I don't like it. That's probably another discussion too, but <laughs> to an extent it is kind of that though, that I have found so many good, wonderful people that I, I see myself being friends with for a really long time. Um, negatives. I, I, I can't think of a hugely negative, you know, maybe in my boss's mind right now, he's like, yeah, I was going to give that asshole this big promotion, but, you know, screw his devil ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that is, maybe that's the negative I don't know about, but, um, you know, I, 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 I like, again, like talking about my family, I'm lucky. I've, I haven't lost any family members in a sense, you know, like I still communicate with everyone. Things are good. So for the most part, it, it's been a positive experience. Great. Uh, that's, that's great to hear. <laughs> we want to keep it that way for everybody. Yes. All right, Mason, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, going through all these questions, sharing your your personal thoughts, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself. And uh, on behalf of all of us in the Satanic community, all of us in the Goat Farm, uh, thank you for being you. And thank you for showing us that, you know, just being yourself is the, the best way you can be. Bill, Veronica? I was I was just going to quickly ask if uh, Mason had any himself. Is there anything um, that you wanted uh, to exit on as far as like a Jerry Springer final final word or final thought here? Final thought. <laughs> um, don't believe the DNA test when it says that. <laughs> no, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Um, that's what I would end with, too, is is the beauty of Satanism is, is you can make your own path. You're walking your own path. You're not. There's no dogma. There's no this or that. There's no hard and fast rules. You're a, 
it's your path and it's what you make it. And whether it be normie, whether it be not normie, whether it be butt chugging Rapert's Kool-Aid, you know, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> I want that on the shirt. No, no, I really do. I want it on a fucking shirt. I just want the loop. Of, I just want the loop you're going to create after this gets released. Oh, I, I want the, I want the Kool-Aid tie, but the Kool-Aid bow tie. <laughs> Um, but I want to thank you personally uh, just for being on with us tonight. And I, I do want to thank you for your part in that documentary. It was one of my first introductory, uh, you know, sources into Satanism. And I got to admit, I was confused. I was confused by a lot of what they were talking about, the different characters that you saw. It wasn't until I saw you and kind of your, you know, air quote, normie perspective and, and normie, you know, appearance and just what you were talking about and being a down to earth normal person i it really helped me say okay you know what i'm gonna watch that again the things i didn't understand i'm gonna think about harder um but you were always kind of a a part in that documentary that made me less afraid and less annoyed to take that further and end up where i am now so thank you my pleasure that, that warms my little <laughs> southern heart <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that, um, and again, thank you, Mason. I think we can give uh, Mason a little study hall round of applause. Excellent. And um, Mason, I would like to extend a formal invitation if you, uh, I know you don't do the social media thing, but if you do have a burner account or whatever, we have an awesome little community on Facebook called Satanic Study Hall Presents the Goat Farm. Um, uh, Do you have a Twitter? Can we follow you on Twitter? I'm, I'm, oh, I'm. We're going to end this on a rant, I guess. I'm I'm so back and forth on social media right now. I used to have a Twitter. I don't have a Twitter anymore because I was getting too mad, which I think, again, that's probably me just not finding my zen. Right. I'd been off. I'd been off Facebook and Instagram for a while. I'm back on it right now. Will I get back off it again? I don't know. But um, <laughs> I'm pseudonym free. If anyone wants to find me, I'm Mason Hargett on Facebook and um, Instagram. I've always just used my own name. Um, but, yes, I will gladly take you up on that invitation and. uh Love goats, so yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of, I mean, there's some there's some seasoned vets in there there that have been around the temple since you know 2013. Uh, brand new people that you know are just starting their journey as recently as last week. So it's a, it's a great diverse mix, and we'd love to have you. So once again, thank you, Mason, and um, we wish you all the best. Thank you for everything that you're doing with the court case. We look forward to you know hearing the updates and. Um, just your, you know, your commitment and how steadfast you and the team have been and supporting this and, and seeing it through. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Wow. I gotta say, I mean, that was really impressive. You like that? I was that? happy with that interview. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Proud of you guys. Fucking great. Yeah. I think, I think the school enjoyed it too. Hopefully yeah. everybody listening to, uh, these degenerates in study hall thought the same. I do think it had something for everybody. Thank you, Mason. That was awesome. Yes. And thank, thank you, you, Al. Thank you, Mason. Thank you, Al, for this whole normie Satanism journey. That was great. Awesome, We're only Al. halfway through it, and we've got another special guest coming up soon. Yes, we do. Uh, and before we officially wrap things up, say our shout-outs and all that, I do want to mention social media. Um, you can find us on all types of social media. Start with Facebook. Simply search Satanic Study Hall. And as we mentioned about 37 times in this episode, you can search Satanic Study Hall presents The Goat Farm and join our interactive community where you not only get to um, see our bullshit, but everybody else in our our listeners, all of our supporters um, and people who don't even listen to the podcast that are part of the Satanic community uh, are all interacting on a daily basis. And there's some really engaging stuff. 
on Instagram, same thing at Satanic Study Hall. You can follow um, some of the things that are going on with us there, as well as the adventures of Belial the Baffinet. Belial's all over the place, um, and he's always biting at my fucking feet, and it's kind of annoying. Um, but yes, uh, Instagram is always um, fun. Moving on to Twitter, I have a great deal of fun on Twitter. Twitter's my favorite now. Fuck Facebook. Um, you won't find me on Parlor. Uh, you will not find me on Parlor. Sorry, not going to happen. Um, but yeah, so Twitter at Satanic SH. That's at capital S, then A T A N I C, capital S, capital H. And interact with us, check out some of our tweets, um, talk some shit with me, and have a good time. All right, Degenerates, it's time to wrap things up. Um, I do want to thank everybody for joining in this week. But before we say goodbye, I want to shout out and thank some special people and supporters of the podcast. Uh, right off the bat, Walter, thank you for being here on this episode. That was awesome. Great job, buddy. I'm very, uh, very excited to continue interacting with you on the goat farm, and we're glad you're here. Uh, our friends over at Love City Satanist, as always, um, thank you for your support. We have our friends at Satanic Temple in New York City who are always super responsive and kind and friendly on social media, helping us spread the message about our episodes, and we try to return the favor. So hello to everybody over there. Uh, Richie over at Rock and Roll Knife Fight in Lansdowne, Pennsylvania. Uh, definitely check him out at RR Knife Fight, and I believe it's um, rockandrollknifefight.com. Just picked up my rosary. I got a Baphomet salt and pepper shaker. Which is fucking yeah, awesome. awesome. Uh, you got, you know, picked up, I uh, got some stickers. Um, so what's up, Richie? Big shout out to Aria and our friends over at Baffinet. Um, the new logo looks fantastic. Uh, definitely uh, excited to see what's coming down the road with Baffinet. Friends over at Satanic Temple Virtual Headquarters. Uh, definitely excited about the Sol Invictus celebration that's happening. This episode very well may be airing during or after that because we're not weekly yet. Duh, Bill, but it's okay. Still going to say hello anyways. They're doing a great job and continue to do so. Um, and then, of course, we said Walter and a huge I was Satanist to Mason Hargett. Mason, it was a pleasure to feature you on this week's edition of Satanic Study Hall. Your perspective, everything that you're doing for the satanic community, and just your willingness to come on and talk to a bunch of degenerate strangers. Yeah. Uh, that was great. And then Al for putting this Normie Satanist series together. There are more great things to come <clears throat> on our next installment. So keep your ears and eyes tuned for that when we post about it on social media. And at this point, I'm going to hand it over to y'all in case I missed anybody and you want to throw anything in. Oh, well, uh, uh, you're right, Belial. We should have talked about that. You're right. Yeah, we should have. I'm thankful for you guys as well. Um, yeah, obviously for all of us, this has been a pretty hectic year. Um, for everybody who's listening, it's probably been a hectic year for them too. Uh, I'm really happy to have <laughs> uh, the network that I have, the network of friends, uh, the network of knowledge that I have accessible to me at this point at any time that I need it. Um, thank you. You know, and as the legend John Dunsworth said it himself from Trailer Park Boys, great actor, uh, I think the best and greatest currency is gratitude. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm like, you know, rinse, lather, repeat. I'm thankful for everybody, everything that's going on. Um, I'm thankful for being in class every week. And, uh, and I am thankful for Satanism because not only has it shown me that, you know, there are a community of people out there like me. 
but also the uh, the wonderful friends, especially the ones that are sitting around this table with me right now that I have met throughout this crazy, unforgettable year. On that note, thank you for being here this week. We will see you next time. Ava Satanas. Ava Satanas. Class is dismissed.